Christie with Off the Dock. Um, if this is your first time tuning in, this is so weird. I'm all by myself in my room. Amaryllis is not here. She has been recovering from COVID and helping her mom recover. And so we didn't want to leave you guys for too long without an episode. So I volunteered myself to do a solo episode. And um, if you know anything about this podcast, you know that Amaryllis is the eyes and ears and the machine that runs this thing. And so I'm sitting here. I don't even know if this is recording. I don't know what's happening. Um, It took me so long to get up the courage to do this that my kid will be home soon. So she's going to have a heart attack when she hears his little footsteps. But I am proud of myself because I had on the noisiest shorts alive they're like umbro material if y'all are old and know what umbro is and I was like oh no ma'am Amaryllis will never have this so I changed into some different shorts and I'm gonna try to do an episode for y'all today so um anyway I was thinking about you know what I could do that was just me and so um April is autism acceptance month I don't say autism awareness month because um if you love somebody with autism you are aware and so is everybody else so um I say autism acceptance month because if you aren't already aware um honey we need to dig you up out of a hole so what I came up with was you know I was thinking about things I could talk about and I didn't really want to do like our diagnosis story because that's like makes you feel sad so um I mean, I will do that one day, but I kind of wanted to keep it upbeat today. So um, I also wanted to do something that would be helpful. And so I have a lot of really wonderful, wonderful people in my life. God has has put people in our path that have um, been so important to us on this journey. And, you know, and then I have friends that I love very dearly, but they are not really part of our journey like they don't really fit in with Eli like that so um one question that I get a lot is um you know when people have a newly diagnosed friend or family member um I I have a lot of people ask me like what can I do how can I be supportive like help me out like I want to be there for them but I don't know how to be there for them and so um, basically, what I wanted to do today were the top 10 ways to either be a better person when it comes to interacting with someone with autism or a parent with special need who has a special needs child, um, or, you know, maybe the top 10 ways to be a better friend to someone who has a child with special needs. Um, so I have a, a pretty unique situation. I have three children. Um, my oldest, Isaac, has Asperger's, which is also considered high-functioning autism. I know people don't, some people don't like to say the word high-functioning. Y'all, it's just like anything else. Like, there's people who are not going to like certain words I say. They're going to say they're not okay. Um, I have two children with autism. I say what I want, okay? And if you have a problem with it, bye-bye. Um, but, so he has high-functioning autism also known as Asperger's and then um I have my middle child Avery who is what I call typical um we don't say the word normal at our house because none is normal up in here 
But um, she's my typical child. She does not have any neurological diagnosis. So um, I can, I, I just call her a typical. She gets kind of mad about that. Um, anyway, then I have my sweet baby Eli, who is considered to be, um, I guess you would say, on the more. I wouldn't really say severe, but more moderate end of um, the spectrum. And he is considered, I mean, I say nonverbal, but he's really not. His verbal skills are just very limited. So um, he can repeat anything you want him to say, and he can get his point across for things that he really, really wants. But he's not conversational. Like, you can't sit down and have a conversation with him it's it's very difficult to ask him a question, and he doesn't respond in more than maybe two to three word um, sentences. But um, he is one of the most expressive human beings I've ever met in my life, so I will say that. But I'm just going to kind of jump right into this. Uh, I have a lot of people ask me, you know, what can I do to be more supportive? Are there things that I shouldn't say that I should say that are offensive, blah, 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 blah. So I'm just going to kind of go down the list on how to be a better friend and not get your special needs parent buddy to be mad at you. Okay. Um, so number 10 is we want to be invited, but we are most likely not going to go. Okay. So basically in our family, we have something called um, Eli-friendly activities and non-Eli-friendly activities. So basically, um, if there's an open fire, not going to be there. Um, if there's a large body of water that is going to be hard to attend to, not going to be there. Um, if it's going to be an event where someone's hair's wet, he hates it, not going to be there. Um, if it's an event where there are tons and tons of children, probably not going to be there. Um if it's an event where there are some people who I know are jerks and are going to say something to piss me off about my kid, not going to be there. Um, if you have nice things, we're not coming, okay? Um, it's not because we don't love you. It's not because we don't want to be there. Well, Philip doesn't want to be there, but I definitely want to be there. Um, it's, it's just basically because we know for our family that is not going to be an enjoyable experience for us. A barbecue, not enjoyable for us. Um, a trip to an open field where there's a highway nearby, not enjoyable for us. Like, we can't just put Eli out there and be like, go play, don't get in the... Like, he doesn't understand danger. He doesn't really understand physical boundaries. Um, and he has zero fear, um, except for people with wet hair. And so that that is a lot harder for us than the typical family. Um, but hey, guess what? That does not mean that we don't want to be invited because we still want to know that you want us there and we want to feel super included, but just don't get your feelings hurt because we're not coming. Okay, um, moving on to number nine. If you ask dumb questions or make dumb comments, you'll be met with dumb responses. Oh, my friends. Now, sometimes this is meant with the best of intentions. And normally, when I know it's met with the best of intentions, 
I can kind of gloss over it and put a smile on my face and be nice. But there are some days when I just cannot do it. And there are some days when I just feel like I need to educate somebody, okay? So if you were to come to me and say things like, oh my gosh, he doesn't even look like he has autism. You are going to be met with a response such as, oh my gosh, you don't even look like your husband would want to leave you. But he did, dot, dot, dot. Fill in the blank with something equally offensive and personalized to your life, okay? If you say something like, say he's having a meltdown in a grocery store. I had this actually happen one time. I had my child having a meltdown in a grocery store, and I had a woman behind me constantly making comments. Um, The first time, I think she said, oh, my gosh, somebody needs a nap. And I was like, yeah, it's me. Then she proceeded to say, uh, could I, could I get him like a candy bar or could I get him something? Would, would that be helpful? No, your cavities are not helpful to me. My child has to be put to sleep to go to the dentist. So that's not covered under our insurance, but thank you anyway. Keep your chocolate to yourself. And how about just mind your business? So that would be super helpful. Um, that's another thing. If you see somebody's child having a meltdown in a store, they do not need your help. Unless they are physically struggling, which I've had that happen before and someone has offered to help me and it was very helpful. But unless you see them physically struggling, mind your business, okay? Special needs or not, that's not your child. So get your gallon of milk or your carton of eggs or or your fifth of vodka and going about your business, okay? Just just let it go. All right, number eight. Um Yes, there are things that are worth something that can be broken at your home. This is one of my very favorites. Um, when you have... Sorry, that's the bus. Hold, please. Okay, so I'm back. Eli just got off the bus. And look, normally, we always record at Amaryllis' house because um, she can make her kids go to bed and do stuff, but it, I I don't have that luxury here. Eli is going to make noises just like that. What, what is it, Bubba? Oh, dear Lord. And here goes the ABCs. Unfortunately, I do not have that luxury here. And so there's going to be some noises. And I think that's good for y'all. I think that y'all need to understand the chaos of my life. And that will help you to understand the chaos of your friend's life or your family member's life. That all day long, they hear little noises all day long and different sounds and things. And um, they experience life in a way that maybe you don't quite understand. So if they seem a little off or a little irritated or on edge, just understand that they have been in a world that you are not accustomed to all day long sometimes. So be be gracious and give grace and still be our friends. Okay. Um, so basically, I'm going to go back to number eight. Um, yes, there are things that are worth something if broken in your home. This is one of my very favorite things. Eli, turn it down. This is one of my favorite things. People who love you will invite you to their house, and you'll say to them, I would love to come over, but Eli does not understand the worth of things, and we have created 
our home in such a way that he can pretty much touch anything and he's not going to bother it. To which they will respond, oh girl, there is nothing in this house that he can mess up that is worth anything. Like, we are not even worried about that. And please know, we love you for saying that. It means you love us and you care about us. But it's just simply not true. Because even if you think you don't have anything... (laughs) Let's play an Apple Music. Even if you think you don't have anything that's worth having, Eli will find it, okay? Um, I can give you a story. So we have a, a Sunday school that my husband teaches, and every Christmas we have like a Christmas get-together. Um, now we do it at our church facility, which is, is so much better, but before, when, in the early years, we would do houses. And so I would always be like, oh, Lord, whose house are we going to be at? And depending on whose house it was would determine whether I would bring Eli with us or not. So one of our sweet classmates was like, we would love to do it at our house. Like, oh, da, da, da. And I said, oh, that would be wonderful. I'll make sure, you know, my mom can watch Eli. And she was like, oh, absolutely not. He is coming. Like, we want him there. And I said, oh, my friend, I would love to. I would love to do that, but I am so afraid that he will come and break some family heirloom and then we can't be friends anymore. And she said, oh, no, no, no. There is nothing in this house that he can break. It is totally fine. He can have free range. And I said, oh, okay. And so um, we did. We brought Eli to the Christmas party. And Eli likes to do this thing where he just, he walks. Like, he never sits down. He's either at a at a brisk walk or a slight jog at all moments, okay? And even in our own house. And especially if he can find a circle that he can make, like in our house, um, you can walk through the living room into the kitchen, around the dining room, and back into the living room and make that circle. And so he likes to do that circle. Um, and so he found the same kind of circle in her um, house, which was walking through the foyer, around the dining room, into the living room, and back around the hallway to the foyer. And so, you know, I had kind of followed him around for a while, and she was like, girl, like, relax. I promise he's fine, blah, blah, blah. And so I thought, well, he's just going to make this circle, so it'll be fine. So he's making his laps, and every time he makes his laps, I'll kind of look and, you know, see what he's up to. And um, all of a sudden, I see him walk through, and he has this little, like, wood carving in his hand and I was like oh dear god what has he done and so I looked down and it's it's basically a headless wise man okay um this this woodcrafted nativity piece that he has anyway so I I immediately scoop it up out of his hand and I run into my friend and I say hey girl I am so sorry I I was afraid something like this would happen like he got a hold of your nativity set and it seems that he's just popped the wise man's head right off maybe it's Joseph I don't know who it is but he's headless and I'm so sorry and if you will tell me how much this costs I will be happy to reimburse you I'm thinking girlfriend went to Kirkland's okay um and so she responds in the sweetest voice oh um actually that was hand carved by my husband's grandfather who's passed away let's pause for a moment of silence yeah, we don't talk as much anymore. Um, anyway, so yeah, there's something worth something in your house. Um, number seven, if your friend has a child who's nonverbal, I can go ahead and to- tell you 
Um, anything you're asking about that child and what that child likes or what that child wants, his parent does not know, okay? And we could make up some stuff, but it, it's just, you get tired of it. So, um, and people will, will ask you in the, the nicest way and be so meaningful to ask you, but um, one of my favorite things is around Christmas time, a lot of people will say, oh, what is Eli asking Santa Claus for Christmas this year? To which I will respond, he has not told me because he he's nonverbal. Another one of my favorites is what is Eli's favorite color? I don't know. He does not tell me. <laughs> I don't mean that to be crass, but y'all, like seriously, I I don't know. I can lie and say it's green. I don't know. He doesn't tell me his favorite color. I could ask him right now, what's your favorite color? And he would say not again. Let let's test this theory. Hold on just a second. Hey, come here, baby. Hey, what's your favorite color? Mm. Yeah. No? It's, yeah, that's, that's what it is. So, um, no, he, I, I don't know his favorite color. Um, they'll also ask me things like, um, who does, who's Eli's best friend at school? Um, his aide, Miss Jordan. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I wish I did, but like y'all, we don't, we don't have those conversations. He doesn't come home and, and I say, hey, how was your day? Who did you play with? What happened? Did I? He can't answer me. And so um, before people would ask me those questions and it would make me super sad and I would cry and be like, oh, we can't have that. I mean, God knows I wish we could have those conversations, but he's 12 now. And I know that we don't have those conversations. That's not how Eli and I connect um, is through conversation. And so um, now when people ask me those things, instead of letting it make me sad, it just kind of makes me laugh because... Now I just say, I don't know, he hadn't told me. And then they don't ask me that anymore. Um, number six. This one is kind of a serious one for me. Um, and that's that it's very important as a friend of someone who has a child with special needs to understand that that child, just like any child, needs boundaries, okay? And... Something I've I've come across very frequently is that when you have a child who has special needs and you have a friend who loves you and a friend who loves them or a family member that loves you and loves them, they so want to find a way to connect with that child. They so want to find a way to make that child happy. And so a lot of times they'll use things like candy and like um, special toys and, and all those things are wonderful but just like any child, I don't want to raise an a-hole, if that makes sense, or a brat. And also, um, my kid has to be put to sleep to have dental procedures, and insurance does not cover that. And so when I say, oh, we're not going to have any more candy, don't slip him candy, because guess what? That's real expensive for us, okay, and traumatic. And so I don't want him getting cavities. Um, also, I don't want him to have whatever he wants because in life, we don't get whatever we want. 
And just because he has autism doesn't mean he deserves whatever he wants. He deserves to be raised with respect and boundaries and to learn that no is a real thing and wait is a real thing. And even though those things are very, very, very difficult for him, even now at 12, um, and it's something that we work on all the time, um, it doesn't mean that you get to ignore that because he has autism or you feel bad for him. Because guess what? I don't feel bad for Eli. I love Eli. And I understand that Eli was made very uniquely in the way that God intended for him to be created for a purpose. And yes, there was a time when I felt very sorry for him and I felt very sorry for myself, but that did no one any good. Okay. And so if you want to really love your friend or love your family member and support them, support them in the ways that they have chosen to parent their child, just like you would anyone else. Um, it's important for them and it's important for their child because guess what? Um, when they get home, they go back to those same rules. And if you know a, a parent with a child with special needs, we're even more um, consistent sometimes because we have to be. Um, we don't have a choice because we are daily teaching lessons that sometimes it feels like we are starting all over the next day. Um, this is sometimes not building blocks, but it's it's starting the house all over again for us the next morning. And so we're trying very hard to um, raise a child who understands boundaries and understands no and is being raised to be an adult with special needs one day and we want to know that when we're not here, that they are able to cope with life's disappointments, just like you want your child to be able to cope with life's disappointments when they are older as well. Number five, don't be sorry. Y'all, this is the rudest thing you can say to someone who has a kid with autism. Like, it is my absolute least favorite thing that people say to me. So when I'm introducing Eli to someone Almost all the time, I will lead off with, hey, this is Eli. Eli has autism. He is nonverbal or has limited verbal skills. And so um, he can repeat a lot of things, but he may not answer your questions. But he loves to interact with people. He loves for people to talk to him. But please don't be offended if he does not respond, okay? And so, so many times I have been met with, I'll say, this is Eli. Eli has autism. And they'll go, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, girl. P.S. He's not dead. Believe me, he is very much alive. Um, and guess what? I'm not sorry. I'm, I'm not. I used to be. I used to feel very sorry for myself. But I, I'm not sorry that I have a child with autism. I'm not sorry that I have Eli. Eli's amazing. And let me tell you, I'd much rather have Eli than some of the many a-hole typical children I have met throughout my lifetime. I've, I've been a substitute teacher. Um, so don't do that. Like, it's it's just so rude. I mean, it's it's like meeting somebody and them talking about their child and being like oh and and she has red hair and they go oh god oh I'm so sorry that ginger oh I'm so sorry I'm so it's offensive okay 
they like red hair and so do I I think it's beautiful I wish I had some um we like our kid with autism maybe you would not be such a jerk if you had a little bit okay um oh here's another one that I do not like and please do not say to this to any parent who has a child with special needs oh I could never do that you could never do what Explain this to me, because if you have a child and that child is born with a disability or special needs, unless you make the decision to adopt that child to a, another family, yes, you can do it. And yes, you will do it because it's your baby. So you will. <laughs> um, it, I don't feel like I deserve a trophy because I'm Eli's mom, like... Is it difficult some days? Yeah. Is it um, expensive some days? Yeah. Is it confusing? Yeah. Do I worry about the future? Yeah. But I'm being a parent. And so just because my parenting looks different than yours or my child looks different. He doesn't look different. He's a, he's, he's gorgeous. Um, but just because my child was created differently than yours does not mean that um, my mothering role is some like Mother Teresa, I'm this magnificent person, okay? I had a baby. I love that baby. I have no other, there's nothing in me that's able to not love that baby because he's mine. And so whatever his need is, I meet it because I'm his mother and that's what I do. Um, just like if your child has a need, you meet it. It doesn't make you a superhero. It doesn't make you um, this holier-than-thou figure. You're just being a mom. And so um, to say, oh, I could never do that, to me, I mean, maybe some people, maybe some parents who have kids with special needs are like, oh, that makes me feel awesome. Like, I feel like I'm so above. But for me, it does not make me feel special. It makes you feel disgenuine. <laughs> or maybe that you're saying, like, please don't ever ask me to babysit. Uh, P.S. I'm not. Number three, your kids can play with my kids. Okay? <laughs> this is, I think, one of the hardest things for people to wrap their minds around is... um a lot of times, especially when you have friends who have children similar ages, they want to incorporate their children into your children's lives, but they don't really know how. And so I always say, you know, when people say, oh, well, could Eli come play or could we come play with Eli or whatever? Here's what I always say. I would love for you to come play with Eli or Eli would love to come play, but just please explain to your child that sometimes Eli will not so much play with him as play along beside him, okay? And it doesn't mean he doesn't like him, and it doesn't mean that he doesn't like being there. It's just he plays differently. And so that was something that, um, you know, I had to learn along the way because when when Eli was younger and when Isaac was younger, I would get very upset and offended because... I wanted so badly for my boys to have, um, God, I said I wasn't going to do that. 
y'all, I'm really not sad. It's just when I remember what a sad person I used to be that makes me sad. Um, but I wanted so desperately for them to have friends and relationships because I love people. I love people and I love my friends and I love that camaraderie and friendship and it devastated me to think that they would never have that. And so I would try so hard to manipulate these relationships or friendships and then you know with with Isaac it was a little easier because after you know a certain age he he became verbal and he was able to have conversations I mean it was difficult because he struggled socially but but I could still kind of almost make it happen even though it wasn't authentic I could I could manipulate it to feel like it was you know what what I wanted it to be but with Eli it was just no cigar like you are not gonna make Eli do anything you're not gonna manipulate a situation for him buddy if if there's anybody who loves who they are it's Eli Gillespie like this kid has no problem with how God created him and he has no problem with being and doing exactly what he wants, okay? And so, um, you know, my best friend from high school, Shelly, I've talked about her before. She had twin boys right after I had Eli. And I can remember thinking like, oh my gosh, this is all we ever dreamed of. Like our boys are going to be best friends and they're going to play ball together and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And, and you know, I, I dreamed about that and you know, God created Eli in a different way, and that was okay. Um, for me, it, it wasn't for a little while. Like I said, I I had a lot of growing and, and things I had to overcome um, within myself that had nothing to do with Eli. But, you know, Shelly's boys did those things. They are typical little boys and they play baseball and they have lots of friends and they go and and do different things and they sit pretty for pictures and and they they have a pretty typical life um you know of course every kid has their issues and of course she would tell you she has her own struggles with them but their life looks very different from Eli's life okay but that doesn't mean that they can't love one another and that they can't be in each other's lives um it's different you know Eli doesn't love parties he doesn't love being around lots of kids and so you know we used to go to their birthday party every year and it came to a point to where their birthday parties were different like they were playing football and they were doing baseball and they were doing these very themed kind of interactive things and you know, at, at at some point I told Shelly, I said, I love you and I, I want to celebrate them and I want them to know how much we love them and everything. But like, it's, it's okay that we don't come to that. It doesn't, I don't feel like you love me less because we don't come to that. Or I don't feel like you love Eli less because we don't come to that. And maybe one day we will, but right now we can't because it's, 
it's not an ELA-friendly activity for us. And she understands that. And so, you know, at this age, are they best friends? No. Um, But Eli's not really best friends with anybody except for, like, my husband. And, you know, he has his his few certain people. And most of the time they're adults, you know, that he's really close to. But when we're there, you know, they hug Eli and they say hello to Eli and they sit right beside him and they eat together and they they play alongside Eli, okay? So even though they're not playing together, they're, they're with each other. And I truly believe that as they get older and they understand more about who Eli is, um, that they will always have a close connection with him and, and have a special bond with him. Um, it just looks different, and and it'll always look different, and that's that's okay. But it doesn't mean that there can't be some type of bond. So, you know, if you have a, a friend who has children similar ages that have special needs, find that way to connect. And you know what? Yeah, it may not look like how you wanted it to look, but it doesn't make it less important. It doesn't make it less special. And for me, as as a mom, anyone who makes an effort to love my baby makes me just love them more. <laughs> so, um, you know, just, just ask. Um, number two, God does not give special kids to special people. <laughs> Somebody might fight me on that. It is true. Um, he just doesn't. I mean, I've met some special needs parents that I want to throw punch. They ain't special to me. Um, And then I've met some that are, like, way better than me, and I go, hey, I'm not special. Like, I mess up all the time. Um, Like I said before, I'm just a mom, and that's my kid. And you do for your kid what you have to do. Um, You know, one of the things that I'm so grateful for is that God gave us not only Eli and Isaac, but he also gave us Avery, you know, our typical child. And, um, God, I do not want this episode to be sad, Amaryllis. Um, when I had Isaac, um, that was the, kind of the beginning of my pity party days. Um, you know, Isaac, even though he, he had Asperger's at that time, he was my only child, and that was... All I knew of autism and Buddy, whew, did I feel real sorry for myself. And looking back now, I'm like, girl, you know, not have it bad. Um, Eli has taught me that that was just a um, a (laughs) warm-up for him. But, you know, it was hard. And I was very young. I was 20 when I had Isaac, and I had no idea what I was doing. And, you know, you have this, this baby, and you don't know how to be a mother and then all of a sudden he needs more then you know how to give and you fall into these situations that they do not write about in books and you're just doing your very best and in most situations just know that if you're if your friend is struggling to be okay with this like new normal most likely her marriage is struggling too and you know just 
just try to remember that. Hey, my friend. Just try to remember that and be sensitive. Um, But, you know, I was so thankful that God gave us Avery because... Take it to your room. Take it to your room. Or you have to hold it and be quiet, okay? Yeah, be quiet. But I was so thankful God gave us Avery because... All of a sudden, I had this kid who did everything she was supposed to do before she was supposed to do it. Like, she talked super early, and she potty trained herself, and, like, she just, she did all this stuff, like, to the point that it was annoying, that I was like, hey, show off, like, calm down. Nobody cares that you know your ABCs at three. Like, your brother's still still working on it, so don't be a show off. Um, he's Jesse. Um. But I was like, don't, don't be a show off. Like your brother's still struggling. So, um, you know, I had her and I thought to myself, I remember once we kind of, if you, if you've had a child with special needs, especially autism, you kind of have this age to where you're like, if we can just get past that, we know they don't have autism. Okay. Cause you're, you're just waiting for it to happen again. And, um, and at that time it was still like, oh. Just, oh, the worst thing that ever happened to me in my mind, which it, it was not. Um, I was just very young and very ignorant. But, you know, Avery came along and she was she was just typical and she did everything when she was supposed to, if not before she was supposed to. And all of a sudden, she started doing things that used to make me so angry, like, when people would go, oh my gosh, like she just won't stop talking. She won't stop asking me questions. And I would go, oh, really? Um, are you sad that your kid can talk? Because mine's in speech therapy. Really? Like you really just said that to me? And I would get like so offended. And then all of a sudden I had this little little girl that could not shut her mouth and asked me 101 questions and wanted to know what we were doing the next day at um, 9.30 a.m., on the day of and wanted me to read her a thousand stories and just needed and wanted constant attention and interaction and all these things that I had wanted so badly for Isaac to do with me all of a sudden I had her doing it and it was but it was like on hyper speed I think God was like oh yeah you want this oh okay I'll, I'll give it to you and he did and all of a sudden I was like gosh, can you just hush for five minutes and give me some quiet? And then it was like, I was like, oh, like I felt kind of (laughs) bad. And, you know, then all of a sudden I, I understood that, you know what? Yeah. Having a kid with autism is hard. It's so hard some days, but having typical kids is hard and it is so hard some days and being a parent is just hard. Everybody's hard just looks different, you know. Um, that's not to say that you shouldn't give special consideration and understanding to your friend who has a child with autism or special needs. You should because, you know, they're, they're going through things that you will never understand, okay. They're going through situations that you can't comprehend, okay. But in the same way that I can't comprehend having a child who struggles with addiction, okay? I've never been there. I don't know what kind of hard that is. Um, 
I can't understand a parent whose child is suffering from a physical illness or disease that debilitates their bodies. I don't know how that feels. I don't, I've never sat in a room with it with a child who has cancer or who can't walk or who has to have a feeding tube. I don't understand that kind of hard, if that makes sense. And so I think it just really taught me. Um, and then, you know, whew, I had Avery and then here comes Eli and, and he has autism too, but it is, it's like no experience I've never ever had before. You know, when he was diagnosed, I thought, okay, God, like, I'm pretty pissed off I'm having to do this again and my kids having to go through this because I know how hard it is, but I'm ready. Like I'm I'm the autism parent. I I get it. I understand. And then all of a sudden he didn't he didn't do the things Isaac did and he didn't learn to talk even though it was late at 4 or 5 and he he didn't potty train until he was 8 and you know, we we still can't answer questions, and we still struggle with day-to-day activities, and we struggle with a lot of sensory issues and things that I didn't deal with with Isaac. And so, you know, all that to say, now that I've been a parent for over 21 years, it's hard. <laughs> and you don't know unless you know what someone's going through, okay? And that kind of um, leads me to my number one tip <laughs> for being a better friend or, or a person who's wanting to know more about autism. It's okay to talk about it. Um, it's okay to ask questions because that's how I know you care, Um Nothing means more to me than someone who is brave enough to say, hey, can I ask you this about Eli? Or will you tell me this about Eli? Or how can I do this to be helpful to Eli? I mean, that means everything to me because, number one, it's rare. Um, A lot of people want to care, and they they truly have um, the best intentions, but it's rare to find people who are willing to invest because um, it is an investment. God, I hate that I'm crying. Um, Y'all, I'm really not sad. I'm already on medicine, so, like, I'm fine. Don't call and tell me I should go see your therapist. Like, I've already been. But um, it is an investment because these kids... Or my kid, I can't say these kids, I don't know everybody's kid, but my kid takes work. And you put in a lot, and it's not guaranteed you're going to get a lot in return. God, but when you do... you do it is so worth it (laughs) and it's one of those things like I hate people that say oh if you know you know but if you know you know (laughs) and so you know 
I don't expect that from everybody. God knows I don't expect that from from everybody. And to be quite honest, I don't expect it from the people who give it. But, you know, we have some really amazing people in our lives. And, um, you know, there there are a team of people at our church who who watch Eli every Sunday during the service and during Sunday school. And if not for them, we could not serve. You know, we, we could not, I could not sing. And I love to sing. <laughs> if y'all know me, I think I sing really good. Um, but I love to sing. Like, that is my worship. And I couldn't do that without those people. And... You know, Philip couldn't lead a class without those people because it would be impossible for us to be in a service together. I mean, like, I couldn't hold my husband's hand. God, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I couldn't hold my husband's hand and listen to a message all the way through without those people. And, you know... That could that would be enough. It really would. It would be enough. But you know, God puts people in your life and you know, these people go above and beyond and you know, when when Eli was little and my dad was alive, my mom and dad would take Eli every Friday night just to give us a day off just so we could work on our marriage and we could spend time together. And when my dad passed away, we just weren't able to do that anymore. And, you know, one of those people saw that need and he and his wife just pretty much would not let us say no because if you know someone who has a kid with um, a special need it's very hard for you to get them to let you watch that kid or (laughs) or take that kid out of their sight because it's just it's scary and you don't you don't want to put your kid in danger and you don't want to make other people feel responsible because it's hard and but they this this family just they loved him and it really wasn't about us (laughs) they just loved him and they wanted to to spend time with him and they wanted to know him and and they pretty much just made us because we would have never said yes (laughs) they just they just said we're coming to get him (laughs) and you know that's that's become such a a special part of our lives but um I don't even know where I was going with that but but all that to say, it's okay to ask questions. And and if you want to invest in a child, you're just going to have to make that parent do it, pretty much. Um, you know, and then there are people who just just click, you know. You, you never really thought that they would. Um, you know, Avery has a boyfriend, and um, y'all have heard him before if you've listened to the podcast, but J.D. and... If you know JD, he's just this like very energetic, talkative, charismatic kid. Like he never stops talking and he's like the opposite of autism. <laughs> um, 
And so, and also at the same time, I don't, I don't believe that he's had a whole lot of experience with people with special needs, you know, within his own family. Um, So when they started dating, you know, I always tell Avery, I'm like, and she knows this, I'm like, you give them the talk, like, they need to understand who Eli is, they need to understand how our house runs, if they're going to be here. Um, They also need to understand that even though they may not understand him, he's human and there to speak to him and look him in the eye and give him respect. And no, it doesn't mean they have to be his best friend, but um, they need to learn what's appropriate when they're here because I don't want to get mad at somebody's kid because they don't know. Okay. And Avery loves her brother. And so of course she immediately lets, lets them know, Hey, here's the deal. And it was just like from day one, JD came in and he was just like, Hey, Eli, fist bump, like, Hey, did and when he would come around, he would, you know, Eli would take his fries and he was like, Oh, you can have them, buddy. Like Eli would make his noises or stomp or scream or whatever. And JD's just like continuing on with his conversation, like nothing had happened. And I was just like, I was in awe, like shock. Like he just has this natural, um, howdy partner. Um, he just has this natural ability to see Eli like everybody else. And you would think that that's a natural thing, but for people who haven't been around someone who has special needs, especially someone who expresses themselves the way that Eli does, um, it can be kind of scary. They don't know how to react. They don't know what's okay to say, what's not okay to say. And, you know, but for JD, he just, he just like loved him and God, like it's so stupid. (laughs) But like he taught Eli how to call Avery a monster. (laughs) And like it's so small, but it's like their thing. And like he wants a fist bump. And so that's like how he talks to JD. I mean, everything's like he just gets up in his face and he's like, monster, monster, monster. You know, like with Avery, he gets in Avery's face and he'll go, hi, Eli, because he wants Avery to say hi to him. And it's like their little thing. And, And JD's so good, like. I mean, sometimes Eli will say it to the point that I'm annoyed. And I'm like, Eli, enough. But he just doesn't get annoyed. He just, he says it for him. And he gives him a fist bump. And he goes on about his business. And um, he's just a good kid. And, you know, those don't come along very often at that age that are understanding. I mean, there are adults who are jerks about him. And and he's a kid. and, And he just gets it. And, you know, his family, his mom and dad are the same way. Like, they are very loving towards Eli. And they want to know Eli. And they they are interested in Eli. And they always want him to come to things, baseball games. And um, they always are very supportive of him. And so, you know, when you find people like that, um, it means something. And you don't take that for granted. Because they don't come around very often. I mean, sometimes... Sometimes your own flesh and blood family are not as supportive as strangers you meet. I mean, thankfully, I have a very supportive family. They've always loved Eli and, and embraced him, my sister and my mother and my dad and and my uncle. Everyone has always loved him very, very much. Um, but it's it's a different thing when someone who doesn't have to cares and invests and loves them. So, um, 
you know, ask questions. If you want to be part of their lives, be part of their lives. Even if even if they they push back, just just do it. Just show up. Um, you know, it's that kind of thing of how people will say, "Hey, if there's anything I can do, nobody's going to tell you what you can do. Just do something." And it means the world to people. Um, in that same thing, um, sometimes your friend's not going to be okay. <laughs> I mean, you've heard me have like five emotional breakdowns while I've done this, but you know, some days are not okay. And that's, that's okay. Um, just like with everything and every mother and, and every parent, some days you struggle and some days it's really, really hard. And some days you just need someone to be okay with you not being okay, if that makes sense. Um, you know, my husband always says, you know, Misty doesn't always want me to fix it. Sometimes she just wants me to listen. And I think that's the number one advice I could give you to be a better friend to someone who has a child with autism or, or uh, some other type of special needs is just be there. Just listen. And some days they're going to want to talk about it and they're going to want to cry about it or or they're going to want to be really angry or they're going to want to be really irritated and you know what? No, you don't get it most of the time. And no, you probably don't understand. And they know that. And you don't have to try to. You just have to listen and, and say, I love you. And <laughs> oh, I really want to be happy about this, y'all, because I really am a happy person. But, you know, you just say, I love you. And I, I love your baby. And I'm here. And I'll do whatever. And if we need to just sit and not say anything, let's just sit and not say anything. And if you want to go get a drink, we'll go get a drink. Or if you want to go to dinner, we'll go to dinner. Or if you want to go roller skating, I mean, something stupid that you never get to do, like, let's go do it. And, and just understand that even if they're not okay today, they'll be okay tomorrow. It's, it is a crazy, crazy life. And, as hard as it is and as exhausting as it is, there is, um, God, there's so much joy, too. And, you know, especially when you have a friend who's just starting out with this kind of stuff, they're going to be really sad. And they're going to feel really sorry for themselves. And they're going to feel like God gave them the wrong kid. And they're going to feel like they, they can't do it as well as the people they see on Instagram or these blogs. And and I never want to be that person. Like, I never want people to think, like, she has it all together and she knows exactly what she's doing. Because, y'all, I don't. I just love them so, so much. And I just try my best to be better than I am. And so, you know, some days your friends are not going to be okay. And then some days they are. (laughs) And they're going to wake up and they're going to realize how awesome their kid is and how blessed they are. 
to be in this life because like like there's nothing like it um god it just changes who you are like I tell people all the time and please excuse my language but people you know will say things and I'll be like y'all if we didn't have Eli we would be such assholes like (laughs) we just would we would be just jerks and I know that about me like I think a lot of myself and so does Philip and we think we're amazing and so he really humbles us (laughs) and you know God uses him and has used Isaac and Avery to really ground us and let us know like you're not that great (laughs) and you fail and you struggle and you're just hanging on by by the seat of your pants and the skin of your teeth some days and you know that's what that's what's so awesome about being um a part of this journey is is you just you you really get to look at yourself in a way that you would never have looked at yourself before because let me tell you my little boy is the biggest mirror I've ever had in my life. He really reveals to me who I am deep down inside. And sometimes it's not cute and I I need to work on that. But, you know, it's a daily thing. So anyway, I feel like I'm rambling and I love y'all. Thank you for letting me talk today. I feel like this was some great therapy for me. Like maybe y'all need to Patreon charge me $5 this month. Oh, I didn't know I needed that. Um, but just thanks for, for listening. And I hope I didn't offend anybody. If I did, like, I'm sorry. I, I can't, I'm not one of those people. Like I can't sit and micromanage myself. I just have to ask for forgiveness and going about my business. But, um, I hope that anybody out there who is, either a mom and struggling with this or has a friend or family member, please don't hesitate to reach out on Patreon and ask questions. I I love to talk to people and share our story and anything I can do, I, I will try my level best. I'm horrible at remembering things. You may have to ask me 45 times. Um, just like these welcome packets. Y'all, I address the envelopes today and I promise I'm going to get them out one day. Howdy, partner. That's Jesse. That's really Elon. Um, I'm going to get them out one day. But y'all, I'm a special needs parent. And I just need you to really um, be understanding and know that me getting them out has nothing to do with that. I just am a procrastinator. All right. I love y'all. Amaryllis, I miss you so much. Like, see what happens when you leave me by myself. I do not laugh. I cry like an idiot. And I get all emotional. And... I'm just not good left to my own devices. So anyway, I love y'all. I will see you next time. If you are not a member of Patreon, look at the content you get. My gosh, we should be charging you more. All right. See you later.